Whether you are in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management provides clarity through the complexity. Shoreline's system is straightforward. They will understand your financial circumstances, identify goals, analyze current plans, and customize a path to position you to reach your goals. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA. SIPC. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Welcome to the Financial Wake Up Call podcast with Dave Cross and I am Vin Avenue here to introduce the big man here on the Financial <laughs> Podcast as we get going through the spring season and all kinds of financial oh, challenges yeah. and discussions and Feel free to email shorttime at townsquaremedia.com. Those emails will go to Dave and he'll be able to review your questions and challenges. Different ideas. And well, yes. also, you got to stay tuned to the subjects. rest of the podcast here. You got to stay tuned all the way to the end. There you go. And Dave will give you the big secret how to reach out to him the at Shoreline Wealth secret. Management. There Dave, you go. Uh, what's, uh, what's on the menu for the today's menu. podcast? Okay, the financial menu, if you will. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I'm getting much. hungry. Oh, there you go. Well, you know what's funny, Vin? You know, during. The week, you know, I receive a lot of phone calls from people that listen to the radio show as well as listen to the podcast. And they will say, hey, David, you know, something to talk about is this, or here's a subject, or something to consider. And it seemed like, well, I need it. I want it. You know, this show, this podcast is all about different ideas, different subjects that people want to discuss. Or at the end of the day, Vin, you know I'm never pounding the desk and saying, this has to be this (laughs) way. That's That's not your style. No, 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 no. No, it's all about putting out different ideas, something to consider. Maybe a Vin the light bulb moment, okay? That aha moment. That's what we want. So that you can lean on your financial advisor. And for your investments, or it could be your CPA for any tax issues, or your estate planning attorney for your estate plan and, and different items that you would discuss with that individual. Well, Vin, let me tell you this. All right. This week, there were a lot of people that wanted to discuss different estate planning documents. Oh, there you go. And the big one that we discussed, I mean, we talked about a lot of different ones. And again, I'm not an attorney, so of course, I would lean on an estate planning attorney to have that conversation. Uh, that individual or that firm would be the ones that would write up these documents and prepare these documents. But the question was, David, a will. Just what is the Uh, need? You know, because I have most of my accounts set up where I have a beneficiary designation or I have an account that I have, say, a joint owner. And I clearly outline where different assets go. But what is the need for a will? What does it do? Is it better to have a will over a beneficiary designation? You know, answer these questions. So I said, okay. Let's start with, you know, basically what is a will? And as I do at every show, I like to break it down in a general sense, you know, to talk about why would a person need a will or have a will? What does it do? Excuse me. Consider this. A will is a legal document that basically tells people, if you will, or wherever the direction is where money is going or assets are going. Right where it should be. So let's 
put an example out there. Let's say I passed away and I had various accounts that did not have a beneficiary designation. I have a home and it's just in my name and I pass away. Well, Finn, do you get the home? Is Um, it a coin flip? I mean... Well, there you go. Done. (laughs) It will outline in this legal document what happens to my assets when I pass away. If there isn't a beneficiary designation, let's say everything that I own is just in my name. Well, where do these assets go? Is it to a charity? Is it to a person? What's going on? Or is it to many people? What is the situation? So with a will, it's a roadmap. I think that's the best way to talk about it. It's a roadmap that clearly outlines where assets go that do not have a home yet. In other words, it doesn't, or I should say these assets, it's not clear what should happen to them because there isn't a beneficiary designation. There isn't something that's set up as say a joint account or something where it would go to the other person or people on these accounts. So it's a needed document or a necessary document. So it clearly outlines any asset that needs to be probated. And what does that mean? Basically, when you probate a will, it's the process where you take your will, you go to the surrogate court, which locally would be right here in Tom's River, and then you get your surrogate certificate, which clearly indicates the executor, which again would be in the will. The executor is okay. going to be that individual or it could be a financial firm or some person on there that you've designated to distribute your assets. It clearly will say, okay, let's say I have, Vin, you're my executor. It would say it in the will. So what would happen is as the executor, you would take the will, go to the court, and then you are named as that executor. So basically what would then happen is all of my assets that are just in my name that do not have a beneficiary designation or a joint ownership those assets would go into an account, an estate account, where then you would have the ability to distribute those assets. Now, maybe there's certain assets that need to be sold. There could be different stocks where you could actually sell the stock, or it could be a situation where you can distribute the actual holding itself to individuals. Let's say instead of selling it, it would be distributed and broken down to different brokerage accounts. And What's nice about any sort of distributions, there's typically an option to choose how Mm. the beneficiary would receive it. Is it going to be liquidated and they would get cash? Would it be a situation where they actually get the holding itself? And depending on what the asset is, it could give you those various choices. And for some beneficiaries, they may want the liquid monies, uh, the cash. Some may want the physical holding. And another thing too, Vin, currently how it's written, the tax law, for cost basis is upon my passing, there is a step up in cost basis. So let's say I bought something, I'll make up a number. It's $20,000 in value and I bought it at 10,000. Now there would be that step up to the date of death value. So again, somebody may want to have that asset moved to them and keep it. They like that particular uh, investment. It could be a stock, mutual fund, whatever the situation is, maybe a bond, or somebody may say, you know what? I'm not going to have any capital gains on this asset. I do want to liquidate it and use it for other purposes. But summing up what a will really does, it just gives clarity where assets need to go. So 
the conversation I had with uh, a listener, they said, well, what is the need for? Why wouldn't I just simply have everything set up where there's a beneficiary designation? And why wouldn't I have it set up that it wouldn't have to be probated, probated the asset? And I could just have it set up that it goes to these individuals, not have to be probated, and it would go directly to them without having to go through this process. Well, consider this. Let's say the home I own is just in my name. Okay. Now, without putting the home in a trust, I can't put beneficiary designations on a home unless I put it in a trust. Now, you're asking, well, what would be the purpose of a trust? Well, I could have a trust set up where the home is owned by a trust and it would clearly have language in the trust that says these are the beneficiaries and then upon my passing, it would then go according to the terms of the trust. Where with a will, all that information is when I pass away and the will is probated, that it clearly outlines what is going to happen. Now, one thing I will say, Vin, with New Jersey, the probate process is pretty simple and it's not that expensive to do. Where other states can be very expensive. So I'll give you an example. Okay. California and Florida are two states that it can be a lot of time to probate an asset and go through that whole uh, procedure, if you will, or that time frame can be you know a year, two years. It can be a long time mm. to get an asset from the person who passed away to the beneficiary. It can be also very expensive. So what I see a lot of people do uh, when they have, say, a home in Florida or California is they have that asset, that holding in a trust. So when they pass away, that house, that home does not have to go through the probate process. And it clearly goes to say their children or you know whoever they decide that asset should go to. Okay. Now right. with New Jersey, like I was mentioning before, it's a pretty simple process and it's pretty quick. So for a lot of people thinking, well, I must have these assets set up so it avoids probate. That could be a beneficiary designation on an account or in a trust. Being that it is pretty simple and pretty quick to do, and it doesn't cost a lot of money to do it, it's not as necessary as some other states. So I want to put that out there. And like I mentioned before, for a home, let's just say the house is in my name, unless I change the title of the home, you're not necessarily putting on beneficiary designations on that account, if you will, or I should say the home in this particular situation. So the will would basically outline what exactly needs to happen. Now, here is another reason why a will would make sense. So rather than, let's say, doing a distribution and having it set up that a beneficiary designation says, I'm splitting it between, say, four of my uh, children, excuse me, okay? Now, with having a will, I may have certain trusts that will be established when I pass. So like a spendthrift trust, what that basically means is upon my passing in the will has language that certain assets could go in a spendthrift trust. And what does that do? It basically can be set up that a distribution can be set up over time rather than a lump sum because I have a lot of conversations with clients that their concern is they have four children, but one of their children is not so good with money. And their concern is if they get a lump sum, then they're going to go through that money. Where in a will, there can be language that set up that that trust will be 
established upon their passing. So again, if it was a situation where I had it as a beneficiary designation and not go through the will, well, the problem is it would go directly to that individual and not be done according to how I want it to be done over time gradually. Also, there are situations where maybe I want to make sure assets go into a special needs trust. Maybe I have a child or grandchild that qualifies for federal or state funding, where if I would have had a direct beneficiary designation, it could disqualify them because of these assets going directly to them, where if I have it set up in the will that there is language to properly set up a, a special needs trust so that it wouldn't disqualify and the funding is there for that child. That's a big one. And for a lot of people, they don't understand if there is a direct designation to a child or to an individual that has special needs and gets funding federally or from the state. Another one too, maybe somebody qualifies for Medicaid. And what you've done here is by giving them a direct payment, they could be disqualified from the funding that they're getting. Mm. So there's a lot of ways to look at this. But again, in a will, there could be clear language in there that these types of trusts are established upon your passing. That would be another reason why you would want these assets to go through a will so that it follows that path. Now, I get this question a lot from people and they am like and and they would say to me, "Well, David, I have a power of attorney for my parents. Why would it be any different upon their passing that I would use that power of attorney to do the necessary distributions and have it set up in a way that upon their passing, I'll just take care of it for the beneficiaries?" Well, let me tell you this as I take a sip of water. <laughs> when somebody passes away. So let's use an example. Let's say I am the power of attorney for my dad. And basically I have that power of attorney that I'm handling his payment of his bills and different things that need to be done while he's alive. The moment he passes away, that power of attorney is done. There is no more power. It's over. And for a lot of people, they don't understand. They're thinking, well, it clearly outlines I can handle the financial affairs and different transactions for my dad or for my mom, okay. what does it matter if they yeah. passed away? Why can't I continue handling their accounts and the different things that need to be done? Well, unfortunately, when somebody passes away, and again, the example I utilize is I'm the power of attorney for my dad's accounts and I'm handling his financial affairs and different things that need to be done. Well, upon his passing, it ends. And that's the end of it. So then what happens is in a will, the executor then has that power, if you will. They would probate the will. And then the executor's job is then to take care of all the different things that are set up in the will. The distributions, the tax filings, whatever needs to be done for that person's estate. So again, Think of it this way. A power of attorney is utilized to handle somebody's affairs, financial affairs, while they're alive. Upon their passing, it ends, and then the person that is the executor in the will probates the will, and then they handle what needs to be done following the language that's in the will 
to do what it's asking. It could be to do the distribution, set up different trusts like we talked about before. That's what the executor would do. Would do. And that's the a basic difference between what a power of attorney would do. They handle these different items while somebody is alive, their financial transactions, whatever specify what is actually laid out in the actual language of the power of attorney. But when somebody passes away, the executor then takes on those responsibilities of handling the estate and taking care of what needs to be done uh, according to how the language is in that will. I hope that makes sense. Mm. Making it very clear, power of attorney while somebody is alive, the executor when somebody passes away. And again, it's clearly outlined in the will and what the responsibilities are. Now, one thing I will say, when it comes to the executor, it's a difficult decision. For a lot of people, they'll be like, well, I'll just have my son or daughter handle it. Well, number one, if your son and daughter is in another state and it's challenging for them to be local, to handle certain aspects of getting the estate account established, the different financial institutions, it may be very challenging. Also, two, if there's other children, it could be a problem. You know, it, it may be a situation where the other children are challenging what the executor is doing and saying, well, this isn't what mom and dad wanted, even though it says that, well, it should be this way or that way. So it can unfortunately create uh, some fighting within a family. So one thing to consider when you're doing uh, your legal documents and getting everything set up, you may want to have a conversation with the attorney and say, hey, if the attorney is the executor, they would outline what the fees are um, and exactly how they would handle everything that needs to be done, you know, the setting up with the CPA, the tax filings, making the proper distributions. In a lot of cases, having somebody who is not part of the process, meaning a beneficiary, handle that may make more sense. Again, I'm not saying you have to go that way, right? but for people that are concerned that maybe there could be some fighting or let's just say the person that you name is not up to the task. Either they don't want to do it, they don't have the time to do it, or they just don't understand what needs to be done. That could be very stressful. So in my opinion, make sure whoever you name as that executor, that they're aware of it. They're okay comfortable with it. They yeah. know exactly what needs to be done. And, you know, of course, at Shoreline, we can send out an itemized list of different responsibilities that a, an executor has. So they get a good feel of what they're up against, so to speak. You know, again, I'm not trying to talk anybody out of taking it on, mm-hmm. but in some cases, and especially if your children are out of state and it may be challenging to get the work done, to maybe consider either a financial institution or an attorney to handle the role of the executor. Okay. And then of course, same thing. If there's trusts that are going to be established in the will upon your passing, maybe consider having somebody not related to the situation act as the trustee. Because think of it this way, Vin, let's say you are in charge of a um, spendthrift trust that needs to be established Mm -hmm. for one of your, uh, your brothers or sisters. And in that language, you're paying the money out gradually where all the other beneficiaries got the money as a lump sum. Okay. That could be challenging. Think of it this way. Here you are 
setting it up that they're getting a certain amount per month and they may be like you know Vin hey all <laughs> the rest of us all got uh, you know yeah. our sisters our brothers got <laughs> a lump sum what's going on here so that could be very challenging so mm. uh, again if you had somebody handle it that wasn't related to the situation and again I'm just pointing out maybe an attorney right. or a financial institution that may be a better fit and again the clear thing to do with any of that is just to have the conversation they can outline the fees involved and it's clear that they have to stay within a certain fee structure for whatever work that needs to be done but there it is. anyway vin i just wanted to have this conversation it was a good conversation i had with some listeners about a will and to kind of break it down and have them understand what is the need why would somebody not just simply have beneficiaries outlined clearly and just avoid the whole probate process. I just wanted to give a couple examples where a will did make sense to provide clarity on assets that didn't have a beneficiary designation or wasn't a joint ownership on the account, and also to the ability within the will to have certain trust established when you pass away for the different items that we talked about or, or circumstances. And there it is. Ben, there it is. There it is. That's the uh, bottom it's of the menu. It's my entire routine on <laughs> what a will is and the different needs for it. How do you like that? Ah, I like them apples. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> all right, fair enough. For those who want to do, um, you know, figure out the best option for making decisions on wills and uh, who needs to be evolved and how Absolutely. within the family and so forth. Uh, how can people get in touch with you, David? Shoreline Wealth Management. Well, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, phone number, main office number is 732-902-7880. Of course, visit us at shorelinewealth.com. And we have offices locally in Manchester and Manahawkin. Mm. You know, it's springtime. Take a yeah. drive. Pay us a visit. You know, crack the windows in your vehicle. And keep reaching out about different ideas yes. and different topics to discuss. I love it. Whether you got questions or comments, concerns, you're thinking of something that uh, has affected you, you know what? Probably affects a lot of other people, too. So bring it to Dave's attention and, and, uh, we'll and help get the word one out. One last thought is I yeah. really enjoy speaking with our listeners, people who, you know, check out the podcasts and just putting ideas out there so they are in a better position when they are talking about mm. the example of a will or different things that may be going on that they have more clarity so they can make the best possible position. Because I understand for people listening, I may never meet them. They may simply sure. be listening yeah. to this and for them to have information that puts them in a better spot to make that final decision for themselves or their family. I'm all about it, and I enjoy it very much. There it is. It's good stuff, Dave. Thank you. This is uh, the conclusion of the latest and greatest edition latest of the Financial Wake-Up Call podcast with Dave Cross. And Dave, good stuff as always. And everybody reach out to Dave with any comments, questions, concerns. And uh, Dave will relay that financial advice back on to you and your family and friends. Tune in next week for the next edition of the Financial Wake Up Call podcast with Dave Cross and I'm Vin Ebenu. Take care, everybody. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. This information is not intended to be a substitute for individualized legal advice. Please consult your legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. 
Let's face it, investment concepts and financial planning can be very intimidating and confusing. Shoreline Wealth Management addresses that feeling head on. Their goal is to educate you while offering financial advice without buzzwords and jargon. Shoreline includes you in the process and makes you comfortable every step of the way on your path to financial freedom. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. Shoreline Wealth Management with offices in Manchester and Manahawkin. Securities offered through LPL Financial member Finn. SIPC. Whether you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management provides clarity through the complexity with offices in Manchester and Manahawkin. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information and start your financial journey with comfort and security today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.